Hi, this is Doug. Welcome to Living Like a Newbie, a weekly conversation that Carrie and I have about what's been going on. Hi, oh. honey. Oh, wow, you started. Usually I say hello, and that is the beginning of the podcast, but you, you, you jumped right in there. I'm excited to get started. It's been a while since we've talked. Yes, it has been a while I mean, since we've officially recordedly talked. love seat, recordedly talk. We talk every day, thankfully. We do. Not every couple can say that they get to talk every day. No. It's been a while because life is so so busy and we're still getting used to just the process of making a priority to sit down and record those things. But it's been a good time. We've had some sickness in the house uh, and that's never fun, but it's been more of a cranky sickness. <laughs> uh, bad attitudes have infestated the newbie household, at least most of last week. So uh, they probably wouldn't have wanted to hear us talk to each other last week. So <laughs> don't I don't think anybody was uh, had their best foot forward, um, but maybe a good cranky conversation would would be um, well suited at some point. The before and after. Yeah. Cranky, post cranky. Yes, I think mm-hmm. that could be beneficial because we are not always um, uh, just amazingly uh, kind to one another. Well, I don't know. That may be going too far. But we have we have our times. Well, it's a tricky time of the year. It's May, and May has Mother's Day and birthdays for our family. A Mother's Day, obviously, for everybody. We would, have a couple of birthdays. You refer to it as? I call this the month of Carrie. That's right. So yes. you you don't you don't overestimate <laughs> what will happen in the month of May at all. <laughs> it really should be. The week of Carrie, because Mother's Day is the second Sunday, I think, is how it goes. And then my birthday is the 17th, and they're typically about a week apart. So, um, that, and then the end of the school year, and all the extra activities that come with that, in addition to the kids, are just, you know, even if, like our little, our kindergartner, like, even if they don't really know what the end of the school year means, they're experiencing it. Like, they're just ready yeah. to be done. They're ready for a change. The weather's getting nicer. Um, yeah, it's hard to define, but I think all school teachers can say, yep, it's a thing. So there's that. And then gearing up for the summer, just kind of that anticipation of, as parents, what activities are we going to do? What trips are we planning? Um, since we have two kids home during the day and two kids in public school, then our family dynamic changes. Oh, yeah. And so we have all of the kids home all of the time, more or less. Um, So, yeah, it's just... And then in addition to um, graduations and all families, all families know that this month is just extra busy. Mm. Well, last time that we talked, we made a guarantee that we did not fulfill. Made a guarantee that we did not fulfill. We... Be more specific. (laughs) So... We definitively said, Mother's Day cards are in the mail, will be in the mail, you'll receive them. We, we went so far as to say, count on it, like, like it is happening, and it did not happen. Today is May 23rd, and Mother's Day was May 10th. Oof. Have we put our Mother's Day cards in the mail yet? No, we've been letting the dust no. settle. That's also why we didn't record last week, because we're trying to... We're trying to let that <laughs> wound heal a little bit. So we're sorry. We're so, we're, we're so bad at the mailing. It's not an excuse. No. Uh, and and we want to get better at that. So I just want to apologize to both our moms 
uh, for not getting that in the mail. It's not an indication of how much they mean to us. It's an indication that we have room to grow uh, when it comes to getting things in the mail because we just don't, it, it just isn't something that uh, we seem to do well at all. And we really need to fix that because I don't want to have broken relationships over something as silly as remembering to go to the post office. And that happens with all, I think, all our relationships. When it comes to trying to keep in touch with family at a great distance, being good with the mail is important just because people know, you thought of me, you got me something, you sent it to me. And and we do not, we don't miss doing that because there's something going on with that relationship. We miss it just because we're undisciplined when it comes to getting those things off in the mail. And we really need to work on that because I really don't want any hard feelings or, or hurt to happen in our relationships because of, because of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we need to do. So give us some suggestions. Give us a comment. Um, just in one of the various forms, we have Instagram at the Love Seat. We've got Facebook at the Love Seat. You can send us an email at connect at org. Anything. Help us. <laughs> help us help ourselves. <laughs> Uh, in being better with mail. Give us some pointers or, or what we could do. Do we need to make reminders? I don't know what it is, um, but we need to we need to get this figured out. It's been too long of not being good at mail um, that people like are probably just assuming. Like our, our mother's probably yeah. like, oh, they probably just didn't do it. And I don't want that to be what people think of us either. I, I want to be people of our word. So I beat that dead horse long enough. How's everything else going? Great. I'm feeling good. We're almost halfway through this pregnancy, and that's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, I probably need to start thinking about the next several months because it'll be here before I know it. Um, But I feel really good. Good. Nothing much to add there, which is great. No, No changes are usually good at during pregnancy. Mm hmm. Anything so far different that you're experiencing from the other four? Or is this? Does this feel like just another pregnancy? Obviously, you're you're wiser. You're a little older, <laughs> especially after this month. Uh, is it all the same, or any changes? I do feel like I have more energy than which then allows me to be more, um, which I appreciate because then I can kind of maintain a regular um, work schedule, house schedule, keeping up with the kids' schedule. But then, as a result. Um, I am still pregnant, and so there are days, there's usually a couple of days a week where I'm just kind of sitting on the couch for most of the day, um, so I needed to be a little more tempered with my activities so that I can kind of rest and be productive in a day, but my energy level, I think, has been higher, um, and I've definitely learned my nutrition has changed, my physical activity. This particular pregnancy, um is started in the spring and ends in the fall my last two were the other way around so i'm really enjoying that so far because last two here in minnesota my last two pregnancies yeah um and um so that's been that's really big just continuing to be able to get outside and go for walks even if i don't make it to um work out at the the gym or whatever um that's been really beneficial for me this time around. Yeah, Grayson is eight. Grayson's eight. And the time frame of that pregnancy would mirror this pregnancy just because Grayson was born October 30th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived in a completely different state. That's back when we lived in Kansas. Though summers there 
are hot, so you don't necessarily yeah. get out because it's dangerous from a heat standpoint. Um, and so it's a different climate here, so I don't know... I, I've never been pregnant, so so I don't know how you go back if you remember them well or if you're like, oh, this feels just like that. Or I, I, I do, as you mentioned, that I do remember that because so he'll turn nine about the same time this baby is born. And I do have memories of going swimming when I was pregnant with him, um, but I also remember just really trying to stay inside and stay cool. So I probably haven't had any pregnancies like this particular one as far as just really nice weather and being able to be outside and, um, you know, just being outside lends itself to being able to, to do outside activities and things like that, whether it's just going for walks to the park or doing gardening or, um, you know, those kinds of things. You're just, it's just easier to be active mm. or easier to be moving yeah. As opposed to when you're just inside, it's mm. easier to be more, um, I don't know, I don't want to say sound lazy, but just not as much. There's not as much to do. So It'll be, and it's easier here when the mosquitoes aren't around. Once the mosquitoes come out, mm. um, you kind of pick your battles on what time of days you go out and, and what you put on. And you did learn today from... Uh, from our midwife, the bug spray is okay, which is vital in the state of Minnesota. If you don't want to have a miserable experience outside, is to be able to have some sort of protection yep. um, from the mosquitoes. And but this year has been so crazy weird with the weather. Um, I, I don't know what to expect if it'll be like a bad mosquito year or a, mm-hmm. or an easier one because we've kind of experienced both since being here. But the outdoors uh, and the availability of um, parks and bodies of water uh, and just getting out and enjoying uh, the creation is huge here in Minnesota so um, I'm hoping to continue to work that into uh, our summer lives as we as we've been slowly building each year we've been here getting out more and more mm-hmm. um, as a state of Minnesota has a lot of parks and we have a park pass on our car uh, that allows us to go mm-hmm. to any of them so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what I hope to see us do uh, to keep you uh, healthy. You're still doing CrossFit. I am still doing CrossFit. And how is that going, being pregnant and doing something that is um, seen as kind of like rigorous or really physically demanding? Mm-hmm. What, what would you say as a pregnant woman? It doesn't have to be as rigorous as a lot of people think that it is. Um, you know, we've said before, the thing about CrossFit is that it, everything can be scaled, meaning that um, you can change the form of the activity to keep that um keep the muscle group the same muscle group being used but the activity the the movement is just suited to whatever the person can do um so i'm as far as the strength portion when it comes to any sort of weights i'm about 75 percent of what i was when i wasn't pregnant just as far as the lifting goes um and that's my personal preference um because i'm still benefiting and i've noticed that my back and hips feel really good. And even at this point in the pregnancy and previous pregnancies, I, I can't say the same thing. And so I know that's that's good. And then a lot of the cardio um, and any of the, um, what's the term for like a, a burpee? What would that be? What that category would be? Yeah, I mean, I would call that the full body, but I'd call um, it cardio. I do a simpler version of it, um, mostly because the full version um just really gets my heart rate up to the point where I need to rest sooner than if I wasn't doing it that way and I just 
I would just rather do more of the simplified version um, and not risk, you know, injuring something. Um, So, Yeah, you scale the movement or you scale the rep. I mean, you you got both options there to suit what kind of workout you want to get. Which, everything that I just said applies to anybody who has an injury, anybody Mm -hmm. who's pregnant, anybody who, you know, sometimes you're recovering from sickness and you choose to scale it. So I'm just really happy and proud of myself that I've continued to go to class. Yeah, um, there's definitely too. been days where just showing up was good enough for me and I did <laughs> not maybe exert as much as I um, might at a different time, but I'm just really looking forward to continuing to um, have that strength and that endurance through this pregnancy. And we've got a lot of pregnant uh, women in, in the box or in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, Crossfitters call the gym a box. I don't know if I've explained that yet or not. Uh, but we have a lot of pregnant pregnant women there, and a few who have just now given birth. One in particular I had a conversation with this week because she was already back, and she just gave birth. Like a couple a, weeks ago. A couple weeks. A week and a half to two weeks at the most ago. Mm-hmm. And not, as a side note, probably not. shouldn't be advised by a doctor. I don't know. A doctor would tell you to wait for six weeks until oh, okay. you're released. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, so, anyway, yes, uh, we're not, we, we don't claim to be medical professionals here, just on what we've seen. Yeah. She was back in, she did mention that, uh, I believe it was the second day after being home, she was already walking around the block, and she came in, and she has been advised um, by, by CrossFit Fergus Falls to take it easier than maybe she thinks she can, mm. to, to be careful, not to push it. I mean, we're not saying, all right, you're back in, let's go full... Uh, full tilt but the idea is she's feeling great and she's ready to work out again mm-hmm. she's not even pushing herself like oh I, I guess I better get out of the house and go she's work out she's doing what comes naturally what feels yeah what she feels like doing and again not having been pregnant but experiencing supporting you when you've been pregnant and after you've given birth I've never seen you ready to jump up a couple weeks afterwards and go do a workout mm-hmm. so it's it's amazing the recovery that we're seeing some of these women um, already having, and we just had another one give birth uh, uh, just a couple days ago, mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see that as well. Um, and that's just—it's wonderful to see the body work well. It's—it's it's not like well, don't waste a lot of time until you work out again, but it's this idea that your body can go through this amazing growth of a uh, of a child and giving birth to the child, and then getting back into some normalcy of your own life. Um, right away and that's not always something um, you hear and I tend to see uh, just the longer you wait to get back into it the harder it gets and again not that you're physically pushing yourself to the limit but just keeping yourself in that mode of of watching what you're doing movements keeping yourself um, uh, stretching and, and all of the the foundational movements that we do in CrossFit it just makes your body move through space and be able to be uh, the best physical version of yourself that you can be. Mm-hmm. What, what's for you? So I'm, it, that, I'm, and I'm anxious to see kind of how it works for you because mm-hmm. uh, I just I love to see people recover and to get back into living life well. And I know that after you give birth, it, it's it's a long recovery, and anything that would kind of shorten that recovery, I'm all for for you. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was this week, and we've got 
the gender reveal party coming up mm-hmm. um, this weekend, and your parents are here this weekend. Yep. And we got a lot going on still in yes. May. We've got our anniversary trip coming up as well. Yep. And um, we're the summer just moves mm-hmm. and moves. I'm excited for it though. I'm excited to continue to do this as well. Figure out how we can um, keep the podcast um, a priority as we do our summer, mm-hmm. uh, and and to be able to to share what I believe God's given us. And, and speaking to that, it really I, I was. Um, the, uh, I felt the Lord really speaking to me this idea of, uh, and through you, it kind of started with you saying, how do we make the podcast, do we do the podcast and do we do the teaching because we really want to encourage and equip um, others in their walk and in their marriage and trying to figure out how the, the piece of the podcast can, can be uh, teaching geared as well. Uh, we've touched on a few topics, but I just I felt that maybe we're, too far ahead in the process and maybe we need to kind of take a step back and really just assess okay maybe you're not at a point where you and your spouse are at a healthy point at all and how do you start that road of healthiness um in what um i i'm just you acknowledge you you step back and you say help my marriage is broken mm-hmm. and i think we should start there um to in order to help others and to start that instead of saying well that's great i'd love to be able to communicate with my spouse well but we are so far away from communication Mm -hmm. getting on the same page isn't even my concern right now Mm -hmm. it's just it things aren't right and i don't know what to do Mm -hmm. since we were in a place of being broken ourselves we had uh we thought we had a healthy marriage but it was it was the first Ten years were really, really, the first seven years were really quite, um, there were some dysfunctional habits that then got exacerbated with just life, um, and so that stress thing kind of blew those up to the point where um, I became, uh, I was unfaithful for a period of two years, and then we, you found out, we worked through that, and then what we speak from now is just our passion and our desire to see other marriages just really be transformed and for others to experience the healing and transformation that we experienced. And we just really advocate advocate for marriages. And so that's where that's where we come from. And I think it's important to at some point I know that we're going to tell our story and, and kind of have on here an updated version or not an updated version, but a recap of where we come from. Um, so that it's not just good ideas. They understand, people hearing understand where we're speaking from and that it's, it is, we came from a place of being broken and we had people in the church telling us, you had people telling you that you, you had grounds for divorce because it was scriptural. Um, very few people were rooting for our marriage. Um, and early on, I don't even remember if we were separated. I don't remember if I had moved out. Um, people, people at work, friends, family were giving us tips on how to move on. Right. Um, what that looks like. So there are not really a lot of fighters for marriage. Yeah. And even we had the opportunity to share our story at our church in a public setting. Um, 
to a fairly large platform. It's been two years ago now. And since then, we've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people, both husbands, wives, sometimes together. But usually, um, I'll talk with the wife in the in the relationship, and, and she's concerned for her marriage. And you'll talk with the husband, um, not from the same marriage necessarily. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. But right. <clears throat> we've been able to speak into a lot of marriages. And we have fasted with couples. We have prayed with couples. We've just been really committed to seeing, a, at a given time, a specific marriage or marriages just really pull through. And I just, more than once, the Holy Spirit has just really impressed in my heart that we are the only ones who really believe that that marriage can be better. Yeah, at that, at that point in many yep. situations. And a lot of times, these are just people who have come into our lives. Yeah. They aren't... Um, necessarily anybody that we are related to um sometimes you know they become close friends um but just the oh that just really it's very solemn um to think about how there's just um marriage is just has just kind of become um just it's not as sacred as the lord makes it we don't speak about it in the way that the lord Lord speaks about it in scripture and and um he just really he just really cherishes marriage and so that's where we come from um to speak about the topic today of broken marriages I think it's really important to point out that if you're coming to the conclusion that your marriage is broken or your spouse has come to you and said this isn't working um you know it it starts much earlier than that most likely your marriage started to break well before you were aware of it yeah um so for the people who are listening and feel really confident in their marriage just a reminder that that's that's a daily kind of check of the heart um what are what am i doing to serve you what are you doing to serve me um are your thoughts the best thoughts that they can be about me um are you choosing a grateful attitude am i choosing to focus on the positive just remembering that we live with another human and we see everything about that person the good and the bad the stress and the and the joys and um just if we let it then we can really have some negative attitudes and some negative thoughts that get much bigger than they ever should be when I think about the beginning stages of you acknowledge this marriage isn't where it needs to be, because um, we could talk for a long time, and that's not our goal today, is to flesh everything out, but just to start that road. And that's what we want to continue to do weekly here, is just sort of travel down that road. So my first thoughts are twofold. One is really... Uh, and I'll speak to husbands, um, but it's it it goes for wives as well. Uh, so even though I'll just be using husbands, it's uh-huh. universal. Sure. You need to first be fully surrendered to God. You need to say, I am, especially as a man, I am called to lead this family. And so if there is brokenness in this marriage, there are things 
I'm not loving my, my wife the way I'm called to. I'm not sacrificing for my wife the way I'm called to. Because when the when Scripture says in Ephesians that a husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church, I and I put this in our blog one time, that means marriage is not 50-50. That means from a husband, you're called for everything. Because Jesus didn't go, you know what, if you do this, then I will die for your sins. He said, it doesn't matter what you've done. I'm doing this. The only person he consulted with about it was his father and said, if there's any other way, let's explore that. But he was submitting to his father's will, and it had nothing to do with what the people, what the, what the church, what become the church, what, what they did. It was him being sacrificial and saying, I know what's best, and I'm going to do it regardless of how you treat me, what you say, or your reaction to it. He did it anyway. And that's how we're called to love as husbands. So the, from that standpoint, how could we ever do that as husbands? Well, first thing is just surrender your heart to the Lord. And you may say, I've asked Jesus into my heart. That's not what I'm saying. Surrendering your heart to the Lord is this idea of saying, I need to make sure that every avenue of who I am is fully surrendered to whatever God wants me to do. That begins to open that door of the Lord showing you areas. Because I remember when I was in the place of thinking I was a good husband, and then we had our we had our fallout and you were moving out, and I just said to the Lord, show me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm at my wit's end. I need to know. And as soon as my heart was open to truly say, Lord, whatever, change me, make me whatever it needs to be, he was so faithful to flood my mind and my heart with all these areas of saying, this is who I'm calling you to be. This is what's not happening. It wasn't a, I'm so disappointed in you. It wasn't a, a guilt or condemnation in the sense of he was trying to you know, put his thumb on me. It was this idea of, I've got plenty to show you now that you're willing to really receive it. Now that your heart is open and softened to listening to my, to my voice, let, let me show you what needs to be done. And that was really the start of how our marriage could become what it is today was a fully surrendered heart. So fully surrender your heart. Openly pray out Lord, uh, pray out loud to the Lord. Search me and seek me. Uh, try my ways and just make sure that what I'm doing is faithful to you and honoring to you. Uh, finished reading this this book, uh, The Joy of the Journey, Joy in the Journey. What's it called? Invitation to a Journey. There we go. Journey was in it. There was some joy there too. There was some joy in there. And it mentioned how who we are is because of what God has done. And we think about how we should live our lives. It harkens back to um, Matthew 4, 4, where Jesus is quoting and saying when he's being tempted in the, in the, by Satan. Um, and it's this idea that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. Mm-hmm. And so his word has what we need. That that's where we need to be focusing our time and attention is really surrendering to him and seeking what does he say we should do? Where is he guiding us? Where is he leading us? And his word is faithful to do that. So surrender. And then number two, at this point, if you realize your marriage is broken, go to God in prayer for yourself and for your spouse. Uh, the best thing that you can do is to talk to God about where you're at and where you feel your spouse is at and bring those grievances to him and allow him to work on you instead of saying, let's sit down and let's hash out everything that's wrong with our marriage that generally does not end positively. 
it ends up with more hurts because you're saying things um, out of uh, frustration or you are being defensive. But if you go to the Lord and say, help me, and also help my spouse, pray for them Mm -hmm. actively, those two things are where I would ask everyone to start. Surrender and then pray for yourself and your spouse to God. Let those be the first actions that you do. And this week, until we have our next podcast next week, I would say every day, Seek the Lord, ask him to, to search you. And number two, praying for for you, your heart, to be open to hear and also uh, for your spouse, praying for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't feel like you want to. Like, I don't really want to pray for my spouse because he's rotten or she's not nice. You, you need to pray for him. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add? I just wanted to tell the wives to really focus on themselves and not to try to fix their husbands. Um, we do a great job of that. Um, and I think it comes from a natural gifting as, especially if we're mothers, um, we're, we're in charge of a lot of things and we're directing a lot of things, our kids, and we're supposed to do that. And so we naturally think that way. And a lot of times, uh, it carries over to the husbands when it shouldn't. You're not one of my kids. I'm not supposed to tell you what to do or, um, you know, think that I know better than you. That's not my position as your wife, um, but especially in broken marriages, especially in positions where you as the wife are hurt by something that your husband has done or not done, or um, if pride has seeped in and and you continually think that you know better than your husband, um, just stop that. Stop that and just think about yourself. Focus on your behavior, not not think about yourself in the sense of how you've been wronged or something like that, but just um, really be humble and focus on how you can be part of the solution. Um, when we were going through our counseling after um, after you knew that I had been unfaithful and I was ready to move on and I didn't think that our marriage had any hope, we were in the counseling and it was the first or second session where I went by myself Um, mostly because I just, I was stubborn enough that I didn't want to have the marriage fail slowly because of me. And I thought, I saw my infidelity as a symptom of our relationship problems. So that was, I didn't really see that as something that needed to be fixed in the sense that now that that was out in the open, um, and we were we didn't need to work on our relationship, then it would just all kind of, it would work itself out. Um, so I wasn't really in a position where I was fighting for the marriage, but um, I was in this counseling session with our, our therapist who ended up being just a godsend for us. And he told me that I was 50% in the problem. And that was the last thing that I wanted to hear and definitely not something that I believed to be true, but ended up being a really important thing for me to hear. Um, because I was allowing certain behaviors to affect me, um, your words and, and the things that you would say to affect me in a certain way. And then I also wasn't speaking up. I had tried, but I hadn't tried hard enough. And I also wasn't praying for you. I wasn't really committed to my own walk with Jesus. Um, there were The list could go on and on of the ways that I was not helping our marriage. And so even if, wife, you feel like you're justified in complaining to your friends or talking about your husband, even to God, and complaining about him, 
Um, if you feel like you have all of these reasons why you're in the right and he's in the wrong, that's not helping. So just stop that altogether because that's only going to make it worse. And along with that, the idea of expecting nothing and appreciating everything, um, that's really hard to do in marriage, but that's something that I think is important even in a healthy, strong relationship. Um, these days, I remind myself of it because there, you have work, we both have demands in our lives, and any expectations that I have are, are just kind of an open door for disappointment and frustration. Um, so expecting nothing and appreciating everything and just really focusing on how you can improve the situation, I think are really, really key for wives to focus on. That's good for them to work on this next week. That's a lot um, for them to think through. Um, but I, I challenge you um, to take this seriously. Uh, I, I really, our marriage has been just radically transformed. And it's only because of God. Uh, he's so faithful and he's so, he so desires to be glorified through marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so change, transformation can come. And it just begins from getting your, your heart right with him and being softened to listen to what he has. And next week we're going to be talking about uh, the power of our, our words. And we're going to talk about making sure that we are uh, identifying people by their identity instead of just saying what we're seeing. And those are very important things to do as we begin this process of understanding that there's a brokenness and wanting to move forward. I'm excited. Are you excited? Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Very good. I agree. God is so good. He's just amazing. And our life is so rich because of his grace Mm -hmm. and his love, his forgiveness, and his passion for Mm -hmm. for marriage. Mm -hmm. It's it's just exciting. Yeah. Even one small decision in the step of restoration and uh, one small decision for your marriage um, is just, he takes that and he grows it exponentially. Yeah. Um, so even if you feel like the mountain is huge, you, you have, you have a savior on your side who is, is just waiting for one, please, one, I'm sorry, one, one little bit of movement that he can work with. Yeah, absolutely. It was wonderful to talk with you. You are beautiful as always. Thank you, honey. You're my favorite person to talk to. You're mine. Living Like a Newbie is a production of The Love Seat, an online marriage ministry exploring God's faithfulness, forgiveness, and love. Visit us at theloveseat.org.